Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Back to Coffee and Sports. I am Wire to Wire Gene, and to my right, I got Mo Money, Mo Better, Mo Problems. Hey, no problems. Lakers fans are, are <laughs> What's good, Gene? This morning. How you feeling, brother? Hanging in there, man. Ready to go. Just hanging in there? You should be Always. more than hanging in there right now, brother. Well, the Lakers are doing well, so I'm doing more than hanging in there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You got to be doing more than hanging in there. No doubt. No doubt. Um, we got a lot to get into today. Uh, Key, you want you want to moderate or, or you, what you want to do? Oh, I'm back being a moderator again. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, all right. So last night's game again, we got the Lakers going up against Golden State, and I know this was the matchup everybody's been wanting to see. Um, Gene, I know how much you despise the Lakers. <laughs> I really is. I've not despised the Lakers until I joined Sports Empire Network. <laughs> but, like, uh, literally, that's, oh, the hell. that's the only reason I despise the Lakers is because of that group chat. Like it's the truth, bro. Like when you listen to Freddie and Jordan ramble about things that they like barely can comprehend, it uh it makes it very tough to watch basketball. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, we got the the pain of the sport, uh, the Sports Empire Network. We got Mr. Freddie up here. He's he's also the local uh, Lakers fan. Freddie, what's going on this morning? Good morning, Mo. How are you doing, my brother? What's good, Freddie? My brother, it's always good to see you, especially after what we saw last night, because Mo understands that they gave us a 0.3 chance of making the playoffs. Whoa! Y'all are in the playoffs, though, bro. Why do you keep bringing that up? Because I have to make sure people understand that we're not even supposed to be here. They need to understand that. And then it's even better when I can be on the show with Gene. And, you know, I understand you called yourself wire to wire, Gene. I think you're kind of grumpy this morning, especially especially when you saw me. Because I know, like you said, I make you, I have, somehow I make you mute the group chats and all that. I don't know. All right. So listen, for anybody listening at home, I'll make this very clear. Uh, You cannot, like, the Knicks played the Heat last night. The total comments for the Knicks versus the Heat were three. I counted them. I went back and counted them. Three. The Lakers played the Warriors last night. I didn't count all them because there was maybe 303. And the the difference is, it's like, this is regular season basketball. And I got to give Freddie and Jordan their credit because they're constantly watching Lakers games because they're constantly commenting on them. But, like, it's, it's like one of those things, like, Man, it's the only sports topic in the world is the Lakers. When something else happened, when the Sixers beat the Celtics, I was popping. I was in there. Kyle was in there. But. Hey, Gene, I'm going to explain why. It's just like when you had that big matchup, that big boxing matchup. You know, you had a little fight before you get to the premier fight. Hey, that's what it is. Last night, we was the premier of the premier. Let's just be honest. All right, I mean, do you, bro? I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you're happy. I'm interested to find out what was the ratings of that game. Guys. Now, I would not be surprised that was the most televised game in these playoffs. I would not be surprised. Um, probably not because it was the ten o'clock game and East Coast rules the world. If we're being honest about it, 
The eight o'clock games always outdraw the ten o'clock games because the East Coast runs the world. Hey, I'm just. Saying. Ain't nobody staying up at nobody's ten o'clock to watch that. They watch that game. We got Keith, work to you do. stayed up. You stayed up, Keith. So I, don't I sure enough didn't. My son's birthday was last night, so I wasn't home. There you go. Did you make him some banana pudding like I told you? No. Who got time for that? <laughs> All right, but let's get down to the nitty gritty. Last night's game, we had the Warriors uh, going up against the Lakers, and the Lakers pulled it out. Um, go ahead, Freddie. I'll let you talk about it. The key is going to be the same thing for every series, no matter who we play play against. Anthony Davis has to be our number one option, and uh, we've seen it last night again that this team goes however far Anthony Davis takes us. Um, and if, if he's if I was him, I'm looking at you know Looney, you know, hey. Even though Looney still had a good game yesterday, I mean he had a double double, still put in twenty rebounds himself. But there's no way in hell that this man can guard Anthony Davis. He's AD's just too quick for him. Um, AD is different from Sabonis. He just really is. And Draymond is just he's Draymond is really just too small for AD. Um, so AD really just has to have the mindset of attacking the paint. Um, and you can see early that the guys was really just getting him involved in that game. If it wasn't pick and roll, um, him getting an offensive rebound, putting it back up and stuff like that. Um, so he's the key number one. And then number two, it was good to see that D'Angelo Russell joined the party early. Um, you know, instead of waiting three, four games throughout the series, D'Angelo Russell was actually looking for a shot. Um, you know, he's getting hit in the mid range, knocking down shots. Um, that, that was good to see. Vanderbilt's defense, man. Like, if I had to rate the second best, the second most important player on the team last night, I probably had to go Vanderbilt uh, because I have the stats. I'm on my phone. I wish I could pull it up, but he played amazing defense on Steph Curry. Steph Curry struggled when Vanderbilt was matched up on him. Um, Vanderbilt, you know, a lot of things that he do don't show up in the stat sheets, but you're talking about a guy that's chasing them, Steph Curry around. Like, that's the job within itself. Um, because Steph Curry's always running, always running around screens. They're always trying to get Steph Curry the ball, and that's a challenge within itself. Um, Dennis Schroeder giving his 19 points off the bench. I mean, it's just this was just a great team win. But the the key is Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis play like that, it's gonna be hard for them to beat. Um, but that the, the, he is the key. Um, you know, we we know LeBron's gonna do what LeBron's gonna do, but. Um, I'm just going to be honest that LeBron can no longer be our number one option for us to be, for us to have a chance to win in any round of the series. It has to go through AD. Okay. Um, I don't disagree with anything that you said. I think Kavon Looney is too slow footed for Anthony Davis. I think Draymond Green is too small. I think it's going to be a series of, will Golden State make enough three point shots to be able to offset Anthony Davis. And also, it also really matters is if Anthony Davis decides to show up every game. Um, and what I mean by that, and I'll just read you some inconsistencies from the big man's game. Uh, 30 points last night, 16 points, 31 points, 12 points, 31 points, 14 points. That's his last six games. Uh, it's a heckle and jo- uh, Jesus, Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, with Anthony Davis and you know throughout his whole career he's been known as mentally soft he's mentally fragile it's who he's been 
Um, he, he's always been this way. The fact that he has LeBron to be the leader on that team is, is huge for him. Um, Jet, what Vanderbilt did versus Steph Curry last night for the little bit I saw, I had softball, I have the game DVR, I'll be able to watch the whole thing. Um, it was huge. It was definitely huge. And you look at that last possession, the Warriors go on that 14-0 run to tie the game, make it 112-112. D'Angelo Russell gives him a very good bucket to make it 114-112. Jordan Poole gets silly, decides he wants to drive the lane. I don't know what he's doing. Um, that, that shot gets blocked. The Lakers get the ball back. They, they make one or two free throws. And you could tell that the Golden State Warriors wanted Steph Curry to shoot that shot. And the Lakers, Darvin Ham, got to give him credit, double-teamed him as soon as he crossed half court. Someone else is making the shot. Jordan Poole took a 30-foot three-point shot, which, by the way, I know we're going to get into, but I have no problem with that shot. None. He knocked one down earlier in the game like that, like that. Oh, I thought it was a good shot. You get a wide-open look like that, you got to take it. And I, I have no issue with the shot. And we'll talk about that later. But what I do have an issue with is that the game plan of the Golden State Warriors um, was not of one on which I play. I would play. You could see it. Anthony Davis played every minute of the second half. He didn't sit down one time. You can see it in the Lakers, especially from that six-minute mark to that two-minute mark. Dude, Anthony Davis was gassed. He was literally taking offensive possessions as breaks, like to give himself a break. And if I'm the Golden State Warriors, it's it all it almost looked like they waited until the six minute mark to start running. Like, and I know they're running all game, but like the way they run, as soon as they get their rebound, full speed down the court, they have the depth to play with them. They have Gary Payton, uh, Jordan Poole coming off the bench. They have players that can come in and run and run. They can go small at times. And I actually believe that for the for the most success that the uh, Warriors are going to have in this series, they got to go small. They got to go small, and I, I believe that. And I don't. I believe they're going to have to deal with a lot of rebounds that are going to happen from Anthony Davis. A lot of offensive rebounds. I think we. I think they need to understand that that's going to happen. But I think they need to run them. It's 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 just like you take the old timers at the gym. You got to run them. They're going to beat you if you let them set up in a half court set. You got to run them up and down the court. And, um, you know, look, maybe it was a little game seven hangover for Golden State, but L.A. took game one in Golden State. Um, Golden State obviously has to win game two. I I don't think it's a I don't think it's a it's a stretch to think that they can win one, uh, one of three or four. And then you get back to a two, two series. But, um, you know, they they like to give themselves uphill battles right now. and There's no need for it. Hey, Gene, I want, before Mogo, I want to speak on the, what you were talking about AD. And I've said it before, um, AD, man, he has the talent to be one of the best players in the game. But he lacks that energy. He lacks that drive. He, ha- he lacks that heart because he lacks the motor because, man, there'd be times I'd be like, yo, bro, like, dominate, like, take over. Like, what are you doing? Like, you know, like, if he was an aggressive – um, like if he had a Russell Westbrook's mentality of mindset with his talent, like <laughs> he's the best player in the game because he's going to have a mindset that every possession he's going to dominate. Like he's going to take you in the paint. He's not the best player in the game. Huh? It's not the best player in the game. <laughs> if he had a Russell Westbrook's mindset. It doesn't matter. 
I don't know. I disagree with you on that because I mean, like if 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 Joel Embiid shot the three ball like Steph Curry, he would be the best player in the game. If the Queen had ball, she'd be the king. I don't deal with this hypotheticals of with with Russell Westbrook's mindset and and LeBron James's brain and and, and Anthony Davis's body. That's not how this works. Hey, I'm just saying he has the skill and he he had the heart where he's coming that he had the mindset of dominating because like. He's probably the best skilled big man in the game. <laughs> top three, easy. Definitely top three. Definitely top three. I mean, if he it really depends the, on what you're looking at, but yeah, you can you can even argue him being the most skilled. Uh, I mean, his problem is, is is he has two problems, bro. Like nobody ever questions his talent. No, they question him his his durability. Yeah, and then they question his heart. That's like, and, and to me, I believe the heart is a big problem because if you miss hundred percent. If you missing that, then it's like it's like bro, like you know you're going against a matchup that you should dominate, but you go away from the moment. You know, we'll see if he does it. He might not do it anymore. It's Golden State series might be able to bring the best out of him. Yeah, hopefully for for the Lakers fans. <coughs> My finals prediction shot, so I ain't worried about it. Mine too. Um, I, I will say this about the game. I, I, it's of course I thought Golden State's defensive mindset was, was it, the strategy was flawed, but I think it's the strategy they're going to have to go with if you're going to play the way they're playing. You got to show Anthony Davis different looks, double him at times, uh, any anything to get the, the ball out of his hands. You're you're going to give up size. You come in there to give up size. Every team now is playing with a big and a bunch of wings. The Lakers are doing the same thing. The only difference is. LeBron's an anomaly. He's a wing player with a big size, but everybody else are wings. And if you're Golden State, you weren't counting on Schroeder and D'Lo to give give them 38 points. So I, I think Steve Kerr is going to look at it as, can Schroeder and D'Lo sustain that over the course of a series? Like thir- That's a lot of – you weren't banking on that. I wasn't banking on – even as a Laker fan, I wasn't banking on Schroeder basically playing Jordan Poole even in terms of production. I didn't see that coming, and that's what happened. So it, it is about can Golden State make more threes than what the Lakers are going to do to them in the paint? Because the Lakers are going to own the paint. They're going to own the free throw line because you're going to have to foul Anthony Davis. You're going to have to foul LeBron James. I, I just think that Golden State, like Gene said, you need to play faster, faster than what you did. And you need to make a decision with Looney and, 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 and Draymond. You're going to have to stagger their minutes. You can't play them together at the same time because by doing that, you allow Anthony Davis to basically play like a free safety in the middle. He just roaming back and forth, blocking shots uh, left and right. But he's not. You're really not worried about either one of them shooting, right? He's not really guarding anybody. And then you got Draymond and Looney on the floor. Those are two non-shooters. It makes it easier, not just for the AD, but LeBron gets to rest to a degree too because he's not chasing Steph and Clay. Nice. They're, the they're, they're playing the old school two-three. Yeah. Yeah, I just think that you're, you you got to get out of that. You you got to get out of that uh, because you're giving up too much quickness. There is no one matchup for Anthony Davis. We we can we can go over it all the time. If Anthony Davis is going to do what he did in Game One throughout the series, this will be a quick series. The question is, can he sustain that? The history of Anthony Davis says no, but but we'll see. I think this series is far from over. I don't think Golden State played their best game. I thought the Lakers, in terms of production from the bench and what they got from their starters, 
that's about as good as they can get offensively. So I, I want to see if D'Lo and and um, Dennis Schroeder can maintain that kind of production because that's big. That offsets a lot of the things that the Warriors do. I'll give um, Vanderbilt a lot of credit on the, on the job he did on Steph at times, but I actually thought that Steph he, Steph didn't move that much. He looked gassed. Like I thought Steph was was in the second gear or something throughout the game, and it seemed like late in the game. When the Lakers were, were barely making it up down the court, LeBron was dragging. AD, like, like Gene said, he was taking offense off, and then the, the Warriors took off. There's an advantage in, in this series for the Warriors. It's their depth. I think the Warriors have the advantage in their depth, and they have the advantage because they have multiple players that you have to chase around on the perimeter. Yeah, you're right about, you're right about Steph Curry. He definitely – and this is just – it looked like they waited until the six-minute mark of the fourth quarter – to start really running. And at, like I said, it could be that game seven hangover. Like he could have exhausted himself just two nights ago when he dropped 50 on Sacramento. But in a series like this, where it's ever could one of the biggest downfalls of going seven games is you have to play every other day, the whole second round. Now I think that could go to the Warriors advantage. If they get VP two more time on the court, if they get Jordan Poole more time on the court, um, if they play smaller. Yeah. But if you look at the box, box score in this game and the things that like kind of really stand out to me, Marcus Moody didn't play at all. They played six minutes. Um, you can use Kaminga in this series a ton. He's been, he didn't play at all. Um, Gary Payton Jr. played or two, played 12 minutes and DiVincenzo played 12 minutes. They need to play more. Play nine, rotate nine. You, for the Warriors, that's your advantage. You're playing against an uh, an old core, not an older core. I, I get it. Anthony Davis isn't old, but it's the core is older. LeBron and AD do not have the legs that these kids do. Just, just personal opinion. I thought Kaminga would get some playing time for sure. Right, right. Didn't yeah. I, I, same thing. I thought DiVincenzo would be a bigger part of the offense. And I just want to point this out. And it's not me trying to sound negative or anything, but I'm keeping my eye on on this as well. And, you know, it's hard to be – you know, Father Tom is undefeated, and LeBron has probably beated more than anybody in history has. Tom Brady. Easily. But – Tom Brady. You can definitely tell in these playoffs that, you know – he 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 don't look the same. I don't know if it's the foot, but something is really going on with him. He's not knocking down shots. Um, he's not as oh yeah, I understand that, but I'm just saying he he looks even different than he did, you know, the first half of the season. Bro, um, game five when you need him, or game four when you need him to win a game versus Memphis, he will come out and win a game. But like in game one and game two, game three, until the game starts becoming very serious to where like you 100% need the game, you're not going to see LeBron in that figure. Did Let me ask you a question real quick. Game four versus Memphis, where he went 26 and 20 rebounds versus Memphis and had that overtime, huge play on Dylan Brooks, and you've seen the emotion out of him. Was that the LeBron that you're used to? The answer is yes. But you're not going to get that out of him every night. He doesn't have it. He's 38. It's not in his bag no more. No, that's you're going to get it out of him when you need it. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying, that um, LeBron isn't going to be the guy that's – like he, like what I'm just saying, he can't be our best player anymore. 
I mean, he can't. I mean, it has to be Anthony Davis. Um, and it, 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 and AD is going to have to carry him. And one thing about Golden State that I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be surprised if they sat Looney, put him, bring him off the bench on Thursday. Uh, have Draymond playing at five, um, play that, um, small ball, like you guys are saying, like, and then, cause I know, Hey, like you said, I agree. Their 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 main objective is to go faster, and that's their best way to get faster is by going really small. And it's going to be interesting to see how the Lakers respond to that, because I know we're horrible in transition um, defense. Um, but if Golden State start running the ball and start going crazy from three, it could get crazy for us too. <laughs> I mean, they did go crazy from three last night. That that run they went on was insane. Steph, Jordan Poole, and Clay all had six threes last night. Yep. So you're not you can't expect that every game. So what you're saying about Schroeder and um, D'Lo have a 19 apiece, you can't expect that every game. You cannot expect Clay Thompson and Jordan Poole to shoot 48 and 56 percent from three. It's not going to happen all series. They're going to shoot worse than that. Like Steph might do that all series because he's Steph Curry, but. He, Game six, Clay was one for seven. Just calling it like it is. It's going to happen. You're going to need more production out of DiVincenzo, Gary Payton. You, you need that stuff. I don't understand. I didn't understand what Steve Kerr did. It, I would have took a huge opportunity in the beginning of that game to get those guys a lot of run and make sure that Steph, Clay, and Jordan Poole were fresh down the stretch. Just an opinion, though. They definitely could use a wise man at this point, too. More size. Not saying that he would have made a difference, but, you know, this team really lacks for size. I mean, they don't lack size in this NBA. They lack size versus the biggest team in the NBA. They were the team that plays the biggest right now, which is the Los Angeles Lakers. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you, man. You guys, defensively, if they're playing Looney and Draymond Green, you guys match up very well with them because you're playing four perimeter players and LeBron doesn't have to run around to chase these guys. You don't have to play man. You're playing an old school 2-3 with AD basically roaming at free safety in the middle of the court. Now, if they play small and you need to run AD out to the perimeter and you need to run uh, LeBron James to follow a player around, it's different. It's different series. You have to give up those offensive rebounds and that production that Looney gives you to be able to – you just have to. And Steph's got a rebound, and that's what he did near the end of the game when they were playing small. When Looney wasn't on the court and they went on that run, it's because Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins were grabbing rebounds. They were all crashing the boards. But Andrew I think they need to get Andrew Wiggins more involved too. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he, he didn't shoot badly, but he's he hasn't shot the three well since since the playoffs have started. Yeah. Um, they definitely need to get Wiggins going. Like, I, I would actually like run a screen and roll with Wiggins and and Steph. Just do something different. You got to get AD moving side to side instead of letting him just sit there and camp out. You can go ahead and concede the rebounds, but I think that if Golden State plays small, they're like they did with their their original five with Draymond in the middle. They can. Th- their idea is probably to bait the Lakers and the. T- they're going to give the Lakers wide open threes. They're going to. They're going to give them that. They're going to see if they can make them. That. That's how they beat you. They bait you into a shootout, and you're not going to win that. 
Good points. All right. All right, so we did have another game last night. The first game was New York versus Miami. No Jimmy Buckets, but the Knicks do get back uh, Randall. Uh, was Randall the key for this win for this game last night? Mo, I'll start with you. I thought he gave them some energy. He he played. He, he gave them some energy. He made some big shots. I, I really thought the key was that. It, honestly, watching the game, I thought the Heat got tired. The the Heat controlled the game uh, throughout, and I just thought the Heat got worn down and got a little bit tired. But if I'm the Knicks, it's a win. A win is a win. But I, I don't think Julius Randle really changed the trajectory of the game. I I just thought the Heat legs got tired and they start missing shots. The same wide open shots they were getting in the first half. Um, weren't falling in the second half. I think New York's in trouble. Mm. You can take the win, but for them to do what they did to you throughout the game without Jimmy Butler, um, that's that's not a good sign if you're a Knicks fan. I don't know, man. I think that you got a, a really great performance from Caleb Martin. You got a great performance from Gabe, from Gabe Vincent. Listen, I love the Martin brothers from watching them play at Nevada. Yes, I love sir. watching them. Yes, like, sir. But you got performances from Vincent, Struess, and Martin that you can't expect. It's not going to happen every night. And when Jimmy Butler's back, I think this series is a good series. I picked the Knicks before the series. I'm sticking with the Knicks. I think Julius Randle being back and, and Jimmy Butler being banged up is an issue. It's definitely an issue for Miami. I think Miami's got the worst roster left in the playoffs by far. I think the roster stinks. They have Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, and nobody else that's worth a shit. Caleb Martin is probably the, their third best player. He's a really good player. He's a good player. He, he's a legit. You know what he is? He's what people think Dylan Brooks is. He's actually a really good 3 and D guy. That's actually a very, very good – I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, we, I hope we got to talk about that. I hope that's on the agenda this morning. But, um, you know, you know I, I just think that their roster is just not good. I really, I really don't believe they have a good roster. So, if I'm being honest with you, I think they're smoke and mirrors, a very good coach, and a playoff Jimmy Butler. No, I, I look, I agree that talent-wise they're the worst roster, but look, it, games aren't won on paper. The Knicks have more talent. I don't think Tibbs can out-coach Spo, and the Knicks are predictable because they play essentially iso ball. It's either Randall dribbling out the clock or it's Jalen Brunson dribbling out. They don't move the ball very well. Like, they, they play a lot of iso ball. And to me, that's predictable, and that's something you can stop. And as athletic as Ro uh, uh, Robinson is in the middle, um, you can foul him. You can foul him at will because the guy can't hit free throws. He, he, he hurts them sometimes more than he helps them because in late-game situations, teams are going to foul him. Like, I, I just think that the Knicks are – they're flawed because of how they play – they don't really run a system. They do what a lot of teams do. They run, they run a lot of high screen, and then they go ISO, and Brunson or, or Randall dribbles out the clock and decides whether they want to shoot or pass. I, I can't say that's not a system. They're definitely running high screen pick and rolls, and what they're doing is they're, they're basically having Brunson drive the lane and either shoots a floater or if you overcommit on him, they're throwing the lob to, to Mitchell Robinson. Now, the Julius Randall shit, you're absolutely correct on. I can't stand – watching Julius Randle play offensive basketball. It is so annoying. And it's just like – it's almost like watching Carmelo play, and he's not <laughs> as talented as Carmelo is. Right. 
it's like you're on the wing. He's just sitting there looking at you, dribbling back and forth, and he decides where he wants to shoot a fall away or drive to lane. I agree with that. But Jalen Brunson is, in my opinion, a point guard, like not just a like a, a one. Well, I think he's player. their. I think he's their best player. I agree with you. I was going to actually say Jalen Brunson. Julius Randle brought in um, there were great energy, but we've seen the difference between game one and game two. Shots is going down for Brunson. Um, especially in that fourth quarter, he got it going, and Miami just didn't have nobody. They didn't have, like you said, that playoff Jimmy who could counter it, um, you know, and they did so good, but we knew eventually New York was going to go on a run. It was just too close. Um, and in that fourth quarter, they went on that run and to win the game. Uh, but I believe it's more Jalen Brunson than Julius Randle, in my opinion. I mean, six for ten from three in this game, and I think he was – Two for nine. Yeah, he was, yeah. The first game was bad. He said it. He said I had a terrible game. That's on me. I'll take responsibility for it. But the fact that the the, the Knicks were losing this game ninety two eighty six with six minutes left in the fourth quarter tells you everything you need to know. They can't be losing in the Miami Heat in the fourth quarter without Jimmy Butler. It just can't happen. But but as we as we see as usual. Uh, the next heat conversation will be cut, cut short because there's not enough <laughs> conversation to be talked about. It's just like a quick point. We, we in, we out, and then uh, nothing else to talk about. We're just not talking about the Lakers. Freddie might hop off soon. He gonna, I, I gotta go. <laughs> talk no more. Sorry, guys. Laker talks over. Wait, Keith, you have another topic for Lakers? I'll be on for that. <laughs> Am I here? Am I here? Stay here. Did I leave? No. So I'm shocked. So it, it's it's obvious that the Heat does need Jimmy Butler to win this series. Absolutely. Definitely. I think I still think that, that the Miami Heat lose the series anyway. I think the Knicks are the better team. I really believe that. They have four options that they can go to offensively. You have Jalen Brunson. I love Josh Hart. Uh, you have Julius Randle. And you have Emmanuel Quickly. I I, I think that the, Quickly's had a terrible postseason. He needs to wake up. Tell my guy finished second, sixth man of the year. He needs to wake up and start making shots. Emmanuel quickly is the is the key for the Knicks to continue to move. He he can't have less points than than Max Struess. Like if you put like one of these things ain't like the other. Emmanuel quickly, Max Struess. Like what are we talking about right now? RJ Barrett, Barrett need to get going as well. Like RJ Barrett played great. I thought game he played well. well. Yeah, but like yo, like. I think it's going to be a time where I think it's close. They need to move on from Julius Randle. Where, what? yeah, I think it's time. I mean, it's not like. Do you believe that Julius Randle can be your number one option and win them a championship? No, but he's not the number one option. No, Brunson is. But hey, but so that's why they Bro, what are you talking about? Listen. They made it further than they ever have. They're tied in the second round of the playoffs. They haven't been in the second round since 1999. And you're talking about they need to move on from players? Yes, they do. It's time. He can't – like, Julius Randle need to be your this third you should, This is why you should stay talking Lakers. He should be the third R.J. Barrett need to be their number two option. R.J. Barrett had 24 points last night. R.J. Yeah, Barrett looked good in game one and game two. And that's what I'm saying. When he have good games, why can't you have there, three good options? When he's their second best player, if they have a chance to win. Whatever happened to the big three, Freddie? I believe Julius Randle's hinder hinder his growth. 
I believe that the coach needs to be able to work with the pieces that he's given. And Tom Thibodeau has done a great job this year with the New York Knicks. The New York Not Knicks good. are in the second round of playoffs. And he are, saved his job. He saved his job. I don't think he was. I don't think his job was in jeopardy. Um, the, the way they performed the year before last, I do. I, if they would have had the same kind of year, I think he would have been fired. I really do. Maybe. I just look at what this team did. They keep bringing pieces in, good pieces. They they four one the Cleveland Cavaliers winning two games on Cleveland's home court. They're in a series right now with with Miami, in which they're favored to win the series. They go to the Eastern Conference Finals with Jalen Brunson, Josh Hart, Emmanuel Quickly, uh, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle. Like, I like the roster. I like the direction the Knicks are going. You're talking about he didn't move on from Julius Randle. Is that some Laker hate in you or something? No. That just, I just don't Where believe is that, that coming from? No, I, I like Julius Randle, but it's just I just don't think he could be your your – Third, your second best player anymore. I just don't believe that. Like it's time to see RJ Barrett take. So why can't he be the third best player, making the money he makes? I don't think that's gonna say it right with Randall. I think Julius Randall. I swear to you, Julius Randall reminds me of a better version of Tobias Harris. He's their same player. They don't shoot the three that well. They drive the lane. They play good ISO ball, and they're a good third option. I agree. He so be a why third can't he be a third option on that team? I just don't think he's going to want to be a third option. Look, you could be a third option on a championship team, or you could be the first option on a non-playoff. A lot of times, a third option would be the most important option. Look, look at Chris Bosh. You could be the third option on a championship team, or you could be the best option on a non-playoff team. Yeah. It's the truth. You could you how do you want to play your career? Kevin Love. Kevin Love in Minnesota. Op, you could be the first option on a non-playoff Minnesota team, or you could be the third option on a championship team in Cleveland. Or Andrew Wiggins. Correct. A lot of players make a lot of money being the third option on a championship team. And if you are built right, if your DNA is built right, you should have no issue being a third option. Bro, I, listen, I'm gonna tell you something right now, and this is a little private story. I play softball, right? Always been one of the best hitters on my team, no matter what it is. I built a team Tuesday night. We're a very good team, about eighth or ninth in that lineup. Am I the eighth or ninth best hitter? Probably not. But I don't want the guy that thinks he's the third or fourth best hitter on the team to feel like that they're not. So I'll, I'll bat eighth or ninth. I'll do whatever the team needs me to do. I'll bat where they need me to bat. I will play where they need me to play. Kobe Bryant set a line early in his career. He goes, I don't care if I'm the, the guy taking the game-winning shot or the 12th guy on the bench. He's like, winning is winning. Draymond Green said a line earlier in the playoffs where he said, I'll come off the bench. I'll do whatever. The playoffs don't have, have no time for your feelings. So no, if Julius Randle has any inclination of not wanting to be the third option, he's going to lose his whole career. You want to win? Put Booby in. I agree. <laughs> What you laughing at? We got game two. two. Laughing at you, Freddie. We got don't be coming on me. We got game. We got game two of the Philly and Boston uh, tonight. But before we talk about that, you know we gotta have some Sixers talk on here. We had the Lakers talk, Uh Freddie. I think I think it's time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, now you want money? But uh, Joel Embiid finally gets the MVP. Well deserved. Um, well deserved. Was it deserving? Yes. 
Yes. I'm, well, come on. Well, yes, yeah, 73 first place votes out of a possible 100. It was it was almost unanimous. Like well, you got 73% of the first place votes. I, I listen, before I talk about John B, we're talking about the MVP voting right now, right, Key? Right. Before I talk about John B, I need to find the one person that left Nicole Jokic off their ballot. I need his email address. I need to send him a well-worded email. If you count the votes, it's very easy to do. There's a hundred voters for MVP. Joel Embiid had first, second, third place votes. Um, Nicole Jokic, first, second, third place votes. No fourth, no fifth. Giannis, first, second, third place votes. No fourth, no fifth. But Jason Tatum had one third place vote. So you got to do quick math. That means one person voted for Jason Tatum to be third place that didn't put Nicole Jokic on their ballot. First, second, third, or fourth, fourth or fifth. That person needs to be arrested. Find that person and take his damn voting right away. You can't do that. If you don't have Nicole Jokic as one of your top five players on the ballot, you need to be arrested. Put him in jail. I need to st- state that, number one. Number two, I'm glad MB finally won the MVP. If he would have won it last year, he might not have played 65 games this year, and he might have been healthy in the goddamn playoffs. Because it doesn't matter if you win a regular season award if you're not healthy in the playoffs. And look, I love JoJo. I'm a big JoJo fan. He plays through a lot of injuries, mm-hmm. plays through a lot of stuff. But that man got two years left in his career. Mark my words. He is not playing past 30. He's done. Well, I don't disagree with that. I, he's not going to have a 15-year career. And, and I love JoJo. I love him. He Now, you want to talk about the most dominant player in the game? He is the most dominant player in the game. When he's right, there's nobody more dominant. Nobody. When he's right. You want to talk about a guy that can play on the defensive end, offensive end. Look, you could take AD's best night and Joel Embiid will embarrass him. Joel Embiid is the best big man in the NBA and it's not close. Not close. Here's the issue. Here's the issue. Availability. He needs to be available and the team needs him available. And playing 65 regular season games or 66 regular season games and not being available in the second round of playoffs is not what I'm signing up for. Philadelphia wants a championship. MVPs are nice. Championships are better. Gene, I was agreeing with everything you were saying until you get to. I don't think he's the most dominant big man. Who's the most dominant big man in the league? I'd probably go with Giannis before I go with Jordan and Bede. I'm just I don't consider Giannis a big man. He brings the ball. I don't either, but I do think okay. he's dominant. Oh, okay. Well, if you're talking about big men like as in centers, then okay, you, you got it, you know. Um, but. Yes, well-deserved, especially it was close to me towards the end of the season, especially when um, Embiid didn't play against Jokic in Denver. Then Jokic starts sitting out, and then Embiid just went on a tear for the last, like, week or so of the season um, and just put up, like, some crazy performances. Um, Embiid, you know, hey, what he's done, what he's meant to Philadelphia this year, the offense grows through him. Um, He's been posting up and dominating the matchups. Um, but yeah, it's his it's most well deserved. Um, don't forget about what he does on the defensive end either. Yeah, right. deep defense as well. I believe he had his best shooting um, year this year as well. Um, averaged more points than he had in his career this year as well. I mean, he just, I mean, he had a, he had a career year this year. Um, and it was, it was well deserving. And congratulations to Philadelphia. Um, they deserve it. Uh, I know that city, um, is, is, Ringing the bell, going crazy right now. 
Um, but and especially winning the other night in the, in the first round, in the first game of the second round without him, that was huge as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, shout out to him. Mo? It's just well-deserved. Um, they say he had a career year, but I think when healthy, this has been his career. This is who yep. he's been. Yep. He's He's been the most dominant big man in basketball for years. He's been one of the best rim protectors, if not the best rim protector for years. Um, to have that size, those nimble of foot, and that skill set, that's amazing. That's amazing to be that big and yet that quick. Like, he has the moves of a small forward. I mean, that that's insane to just be that nimble. That's the most – I've never seen – Anybody like people bring up Elijah Wan, but I say Elijah Wan's like a full 50 pounds lighter. Like, that's amazing that he's that big and he can do the things that he can do. And when he needs to, he can step away from the basket and initiate the offense and he can shoot the three. He has the softest touch to go with that size. Um, he's the most impressive athlete to me when you put the size together with the skill that I've seen in many years. And, I, and I'm not saying there aren't greater athletes. I'm talking about the total package. Yeah. I'm talking about everything he brings to you. And the plus, if you're a Philly fan or an NBA fan, he's got an amazing personality. Like, yeah. like he gives you everything. Like, this dude is active in the community, on social media. He is the total package. So, I'm a big fan, and I'm just happy he finally got recognized. I want to yeah. give one comment real quick about the difference between his mentality and someone like Kevin Durant. And this is going to be a shot of KD, so I hope I hope y'all pay attention. Uh, Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal about three years ago took a shot at Embiid's game, told him he needs to be dominating on the floor and that he's playing too passive, playing too outside the lane, and he needs to just dominate the floor. The next game he went out and, and dropped 40 and 20 and went on TNT and was like, thank you for saying that because I do need to be more dominant. I do need to – you know, when I'm on, like, literally just took it. He's like, I don't agree with everything you guys said, but I appreciate hearing the criticism, and I'm going to go take that, and I'm going to do this with it. I'm going to show you what I can do. And they both were like, wow, that was that was a great response. Like, that's what we're here. We're the elder statesmen. Right. And like, they felt great about their comments, right? Charles Barkley says something about Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant takes it like, oh, I can't, I can't hear from him. Uh, he's not good enough. He just talks and blah, 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 blah. My guy, what he said has been proven accurate time and time again. You have never been the bus driver on a championship team. Uh, Steph Curry's team that you won championships with, when you want to try to go do it in Brooklyn, you couldn't You couldn't keep the inmates in the asylum. Kyrie Irving was going nuts, and you had you had no control over him. Now you're on a, uh, a Phoenix team, and it's like maybe Kyrie's just a problem. Well, you're on a Phoenix team, and if you watch this playoffs – so far, Devin Booker has been the better player on that team. Katie have not looked good. I mean, he doesn't look bad. He's just passive, and I hate that. I can't stand a superstar that's passive. I've watched Michael Jordan. I've watched Kobe Bryant. And even LeBron James, um, the second half of his career from 2011 on, not second half, maybe it's second third and third third. Yeah, right. But um, it, it's it's there's there comes a time – when you need to be the dog, you need to be the guy that takes over a basketball game. And there's nobody has a bigger skill set than Kevin Durant, but he plays too passive. So back to JoJo, Joel Embiid plays on both sides of the court. But the thing that's most frustrating for Philadelphia fans 
is him not being available in the playoffs. This is now the fifth straight year where he's had an ailing illness or a problem in the playoffs. Five straight years. Now, he's played through a lot of them, which why it doesn't get a lot of the attention. But y'all remember the mask, right, when Siakam hit him in the eye. Y'all remember the meniscus that they were debating on whether he was going to play versus Atlanta. Y'all remember the stomach bug that he dealt with because he had too much Chick-fil-A versus Toronto. I'm not trying to be a smart ass when I say this. I am tired of getting into the playoffs and having my MVP questionable whether he's going to play or not. That's a problem. Now, speaking of Joel Embiid, he really has no flaws in his game. Uh, if you think about it, like, what is his biggest weakness? I mean, he, I mean that's he probably too damn much. That's his biggest weakness. You know, <laughs> Key, it's funny you say that. Do you know he's coached to do that? What did you say? He's coached to fall. Do you know why? He was having a lot of injuries with his knees in the beginning of his career and the way he was landing on his knees and like the way they would bend because he's such a big frame that he's actually coached to fall down so he can put less of a toll on his legs landing on his knees. That's the reason he had the foot injury when he came into the NBA was the way he was trying to land. So he actually has been coached by the medical staff to fall. But Gene, send that medical staff to LA because, man, I'll tell you, every time AD fall. I get scared. <laughs> I pray. I say, oh, Lord, let him get back up. In this playoffs, he's been falling a lot, but he's been getting back up. It's surprising. It's playoffs. That's the way it has to be. It's playoffs. And you got to play. Look, this is what you get paid the money for. I'll tell you right now, Jimmy Butler's regular season is not top 30 in the NBA. But his playoffs is top five. Agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, good segue into KD, Gene. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, this is what I've been the, waiting on. Do y'all think the Suns made a mistake of getting KD knowing they had a bench before KD? Now KD oh. comes. They have no bench pieces, no death to even – I don't think they'll get out of they, – they're not getting out their series. But did they make a mistake of getting KD? Can I go first? Go ahead. The answer is no, though. I said it in the beginning that this they're not winning the championship this year. I don't think they came into it this year. I think they are next year, I believe, would be their best opportunity to win a championship. I really do believe that because that gives them offseason to go through free agency to improve this roster. I believe they will move on from Chris Paul. That's no shot at him, but I believe – I know what I'm about to say is about to sound crazy. I believe Kyrie Irving will be a Phoenix Sun. No, no. What? Really? I don't hey, see that. I, I I can really see that happening. I really, really can. So uh, I, you're touching on a point that I want to get into, and that's the CP3 situation. I Listen, yeah. I love Chris. I've been a Chris fan my whole career. I think he plays the point guard position right. I think that anybody that watches basketball and studies the game of basketball knows what Chris Paul has brought to the game of basketball over the last 20, 20 years, from Wake Forest till now. It's, it's just his time. Him and Kyle Lowry are just, just – they're not it. And I love – I love Chris, man. Chris was the – it's fu- so funny. They win game two if Chris, Chris Paul doesn't have that groin injury. He was taking over that game. He was he was distributing the ball well. He was making his fallaway jumpers. He was revving it up. And then the, he got bumped from behind on an on a offensive rebound. And he, you, could, you could see his groin pull. You could see it. And it, it sucks 
because every time he wears down near the end of the season and he's not ready for the the run that is the NBA playoffs, uh, hamstring injuries, soft tissue injuries, groin injuries, and I feel bad for him. I really do. Like, Chris, listen, if you're a Chris Paul hater, I just I, I feel bad for you because watching this man play basketball and play the point guard position, it's everything that you're taught to play. He's the floor general. He understands where people are on the court. He's always looking to make the right play, the right pass. There's a reason that LeBron's one of his best friends because they have the similar mindset on looking for the, the right play in the right situation. His offensive game is not going to be what it was when he was 26 years old. It's just not. He's 38. But it's frustrating that he's dealing with so much soft tissue injuries um, that that really keep him out of the game. Now, back to the question. The question was, was the KD trade a mistake? No, it wasn't a mistake. They have KD for the next three years, two years after this. So, yeah, if they don't win the championship this year, it's a very easy team to reload, get veteran players to sign low contracts to try to make a run at winning the championship with KD and Devin Booker. What I fear about this team is, let me ask you guys a question. Who's the leader of the Phoenix Suns? Right now, it's Chris Paul. Correct. And if Chris Paul can't play and he's not on the court, how much did difference did that game make when it was 68 or 66 to 58 Phoenix to when Chris Paul went out of the injury? It was 66-62 when he went out, but there was four straight points scored while he was hurt on the court. So if you watch the game, it was 66 to 58 when he got the injury. The offensive rebound came. It became 66 to 60. He walked down court because he was hurt. You could see him walking down court. And then the, there was a bad pass that was made from Devin Booker, and they, they dunked the ball, made it 66-62, and then Chris Paul went to the, went into the locker room. They, when that game was 66 to 58, the leader on that court was Chris Paul. The difference in that, they lost that game by 18 points. From the middle of the third quarter to the end of the fourth quarter, when Chris Paul came out of that game, yep, or he he helps organize that offense. I mean, he really do. I mean, it's everything. I mean, Chris Paul, you know, and if we're being honest, that was the best situation for KD is to him to go to a team where all he has to do is play basketball. He don't have to be the leader. He don't have to make those decisions because you know we just know he left within Brooklyn. It's the same thing with Golden State. He went there. He didn't have to be the leader. All he had to do was play basketball. Um, you know, and you, I mean, just like how you said LeBron is valuable to AD for that reason, Chris Paul is valuable to KD for that reason. Um, but I, like I said, I would not be surprised if they go after Kyrie Irving. I really, I Kyrie really would not. Kyrie's got the guy, bro. He might I think not. If chemistry but, is everything, I don't see that working. But reason why I said is because it seems like KD is a is very is on Kyrie Irving's he, he's he's on he's on team Kyrie. Yeah, but Kyrie's not he's not a leader and he's not really the kind of uh, floor general that Chris Paul is. Kyrie looking to score first. He's not really looking to put everybody in their place and get and get guys involved. Like I, I don't know that I, I take the over that before halfway through the season Devin Booker choking him. I just don't think that will work. Um, but then I think that I would like to see is Devin Booker ready to take on that next leadership role. You've been under Chris Paul for the last couple of years. Clearly, you've you should have been you've learned something from this guy. You've learned something, some kind of aspect of being a leader. And I'm just ready to see if he's I think Booker is very similar to KD. He's a great player. 
he's a terrific in, in a sense that book book it he's a walking bucket but i don't think he's a leader i mean you Definitely i don't think he's really. a leader in that sense I, I think book is is similar he just wants to ball i don't i don't think he's the kind of guy that's trying to lead um he has gotten a lot better as a facilitator i think um throughout the playoffs books average around around six assists a game but i i just don't think leader is is who he is um, I um there's one thing I cannot stand about Devin Booker. I want to like him so bad. I do. I did. I want to like him so bad. I can't like him. He's a front runner. He talks shit when his team's winning. I can't stand the shit he did with Luca. How embarrassing he looked last year in that playoffs when they got beat by 50 on their home court. I there's something I, I'm gonna make a, a comparison and you guys are all gonna raise your eyebrows, but I'm gonna tell you Devin Booker is Dylan Brooks that has a good basketball game. Like, it's it's insanity, bro. He runs his mouth too much. He, th- I can't stand him. I really can't. I wish I could like this man. I really do. I root for the Phoenix Suns just for Chris Paul. I think DeAndre is soft. I think Kevin Durant is soft. I think Devin Booker is annoying. Oh, and if I'm being completely honest with you, I like Monty Williams. I like Chris Paul. It's the only reason I root for that Suns team. And now when Chris Paul leaves that team, I will be rooting against the Suns, just like I rooted against KD his whole career. I agree. Key, can we get into that Sixers topic real quick so I can I get off in five minutes? By the way, Joel Embiid is playing tonight. Not a problem. So- did, did, did that just pop up? Yeah. I was about to say that. Yeah. 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 Um, so after after he got his MVP last night, he turned to the team. He said, "I'm back." So he's 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 possible. He's he's going to play game two. Um, it's impossible. Sixers can go up two games to none now. Um, no, this, this Boston Celtics are absolutely going to kill the 76ers tonight. I want to get this on record. I want to say it right now. It has nothing to do with the fact that Joel Embiid is back. But I'm so glad he's back this game because he's going to look bad tonight. I'm going to explain to you what happens every single time this man has an extended absence because he's injured. He looks bad the first game back. He has to get his sea legs underneath him. But the reason him coming back tonight is so important is because they cannot lose game three in Philadelphia. So him coming back and shaking the cobwebs tonight gives them the opportunity to go up 2-1 in Philadelphia and win in game three. But the answer tonight is take, take the Celtics minus the points. The Celtics beat them by 25 tonight. I'm not going that far. I'm telling um, you. I'm, I'm going to say this. Them winning another night was huge for them. You win against the Celtics t- team without Joel Embiid, James Harden sh- turning the clock and time around, just balling, showing that, hey, I still have some gas left in the tank. Um, you know, you still got Maxi who was big in that game as well. Um, you know, he knocked down some big shots down the stretch. I thought Melton uh, played well, too, in the first. Yeah, he did. He definitely yeah. did. I'm I, I got I, I it. You please do me a favor and give PJ Tucker his goddamn respect. Because if you guys don't watch, play, I'm so sick of seeing the post. If you're watching this and you're posting about PJ Tucker's cardio games where he had no shots and blah, 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 I need you to watch more basketball. Like, I need you to watch more. Ba- Is he worth the 11 million? I agree with Key. He's not worth the 11 million. That's not the point. He's worth it in the playoffs. What he does in the playoffs. There's a reason every team that this man is on, they overperform. Every single team he's on. That Bucks team won a championship with him. That Heat team made it to game seven of the NBA Finals when no one thought they would be there. 
or game, game seven of the uh, Eastern Conference Finals versus Boston when no one thought they would be there with P.J. Tucker. And the Sixers team's up 1-0 on the road without Joel Embiid because of P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker is so underrated in what he provides to a team, playoff basketball. There's a, there, I'm telling you guys, I promise you, if you haven't seen it, you need to get it. There's a clip of P.J. Tucker yelling at Paul Reed on the sidelines. Tyrese Maxey talked about it in his postgame presser. He said, I thought P.J. Tucker was going to grab Paul Reed out of his jersey. There was a play where they, Boston got two offensive rebounds and Al Horford laid the ball up. They called a timeout. P.J. Tucker's on the sideline, looks over at Paul Reed and goes, if you don't get those next two damn rebounds, we are going to have a conversation. And by all means, Paul Reed got those next two rebounds and hit those free throws down the stretch to win that basketball game. That's big brother letting little brother know what time it is. That's the thing about the 76ers that's a little bit different this year that they didn't have last year, that puffness of a, a guy named P.J. Tucker that plays on that team. Like you said, Jarrett Vanderbilt, what he does does not show up in the stat sheets. What P.J. Tucker does not show up in the stat sheets. Those screens, those hard screens, the way he fouls, the way he defends, does not show up in the stat sheet. But that man is valuable. I was just about to bring that back up. Because um, we're in a world where sports, where we look at offense, 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 how many points, how many points, how many, you know, instead of looking of impact. And, you know, PJ, PJ Tucker is a, is a guy of impact. Like, he brings different – he brings the impact to that team defensively. Um, he brings a different mindset. I've read a story yesterday where, you know, at the beginning of the season, how he told Joel Embiid, like, yo, I want to help you win an MVP. Like, yo – we're going to do it like he has that type of mindset where he does the dirty work. It might not show up in his stat sheet, but he does the dirty work. And he's a, he's a veteran. He knows, he knows, he knows what it takes to win. He knows, and he's not, he don't mind diving for loose balls and stuff like that. So I definitely agree with you, Gene. I was going to bring that up as well. More money, more problems. He, he's invaluable. He's one of my favorite players. Um, I, I think of P.J. Tucker the way people think of it, like an old-school guy like Mario Ellie. Guys that just make a difference. They make you win. He's the kind of guy that he's not a star, but he helps stars win titles. He helps stars win conference championships. He's a difference maker without showing up in the stat sheet. So guys like that, like, a, like even on the Knicks, Josh Hart, guys like that are yes. invaluable. Um, that mindset they have that they can do a little bit of everything – P.J. Tucker can guard multiple positions. And Gene says something that I appreciate. It's not just the way he guards. It's the way he fouls. Like, when he fouls you, you feel it. Like, like, like he wants you to feel it. Like, he's an intimidator without being dirty. Like, right. he, he's the total package. He's the difference maker in all teams. Like, the Sixers getting him, it's not the sexy pick, but it's had an impact on their team. Mm-hmm. That Joel Embiid, after they lost the series to Miami, he complained to the front office and said, I need a guy like P.J. Tucker, a guy that's tough on the court. What P.J. Tucker did to James Harden last postseason, where he was guarding him 80, 90 feet from the basket, as soon as he touched that ball in the inbounds, he was guarding him all the way up the court, like destroys your cardio. And if you wonder why Boston felt like they had weak legs at the end of that game, it's because P.J. Tucker is guarding them 90 feet. Uh, Say what you want about the guy, but I'm telling you, he's a winner, and there's a reason that. But but for tonight's game, the 76ers get beat by 30. I keep moving. I'm making it higher. It went 20, and it's 25. Now it's 30. 
I'm gonna go I got 30. Philadelphia 30. winning by five. You have Philadelphia winning? Yeah. Philadelphia wins. I'm gonna send a gift to your house. I don't know if Philly wins, but I think it's gonna be a close game. Um, I, I I think Boston hasn't really played that great throughout the playoffs, and they're a team that's supposed to be pretty good defensively. I haven't seen any signs of it through the playoffs. They're they're struggling. They're not connected right now. And there was something weird that happened in the second half that Jalen Brown barely touched the ball. He didn't even look to get Yo, the ball, and I didn't understand that. How 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 does how does your second best player? I don't understand that. It, the the coach has got to call a timeout and go, yo, Jalen hasn't touched the ball. Like, what's going on? Al Horford touched the ball more down the stretch than Jalen Brown, and that's a problem. Derek White touched the ball more down the stretch. And, and I'll tell you right now, the greatest turnover I've ever seen in oh, my Brogdon. entire life. Malcolm Brogdon touched the ball more than Jalen Brown. Like, I don't know where he was throwing that basketball to, but Tyrese Maxey got that ball was like, Sure. Like you see his face. He looks right. back. He's like, what is this? Am I really dunking this ball right. right now? The easiest bucket of all time. Easiest bucket. He looked back. I thought he was gonna travel. I'm like, <laughs> yo. It was like gentlemen, I have to go. I have an appointment at 1015. I appreciate you letting me grace. Gene, it was a blast, man. Always fun with y'all. Take care. So, Kia, we still Much talking about – we went back to the um, the Sixers, but are we going to get back into the Nuggets and the Suns or – Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Chris Chris Paul's, of uh, course, injury, his um, groin injury, he's going to be out. How is this going to affect boss, uh, the Suns now? Is it, is it going it's to be over. a sweep or are they going to win a game in Denver now? It's over. It's over. O-B-E-R, over. I mean, let's call it what it is. This Denver team is to have is they already had way too much more depth than Phoenix. Now losing Chris Paul, they have even more depth. Like, who are are we sure campaign can come in there and be the savior? I don't see. I don't think so. Jamal Murray's going to eat him alive. Bruce Brown and the KCP is going to have a field day. And I haven't got into Nicole Jokic. I haven't got into um, Aaron Gordon. And I'm glad Dez not on here because, Dez, you called another break. Another break. And, <laughs> and I'm going to say this, Dez. I hope you're watching. You better be rooting hard. You better be rooting for the Golden State Warriors. You better be rooting that they just beat some beat us. And I, I know he low-key praying like, oh, Father, don't let it happen. Don't let it happen. Because if we play, y'all, man, I love, that's all I'm going to say. But it's <laughs> over. It's over. Your thoughts on CP uh, not being there, Mo? Uh, it, it obviously changes the series because he's their quarterback. He's their leader. Um, he puts everybody into the right place. And late in games, they go screen and roll to him, and he, he isolates. He hits that mid-range. Um, that's a big part of their offense. Their three best players, he, Booker, and K KD, those guys all live in the mid-range. Now, because he's gone, Booker's going to have to do – he's going to have a heavier burden of trying to create for others and himself. That's going to wear down on him. They're going to ask KD to share some of that burden. I, I think you're, you're taking energy away from your two best players, and you're hoping that campaign – can at least hold down the fort. You're not asking campaign to drop 20, 
you need a solid game from him. You need 12 points, six assists. That doesn't no, sound Mo. like a lot, Mo. but it is a they lot. Need, and Mo. then he's got a matchup against Jamal Murray. Mo, so 12 good. points is not enough, brother. He got a hey, – I'm looking at where is this firepower going to come from? Well, they, they they put themselves in that position. Like, they, they knew going into the playoffs, we don't have a bench. They already knew that. So, what I'll say is this. I think – I don't think they get swept. I think Phoenix wins the game. Um, but the way this series has gone hasn't surprised me. I picked the Nuggets to win the series. And if you watch the way that the Nuggets are defending KD, they're, they're, it's beautiful because they're being physical with him off the ball. They're being physical whenever he gets to his spots. And every time he catches the ball, they're making KD play in traffic. He can't play in traffic. They're attacking his handle um, because they know that he's got a higher deliberate handle. Like they've done a lot of scouting on KD. The only guy they haven't actually stopped is Booker. And I think that over time that he's going to get worn down because he's got to play 45 minutes a game. That's going to take a toll on anybody. So I don't think they get swept, but I do think in terms of who's going to win the series, I think that's decided. I, I think it's, I think it's going to be a swept. I really do. Um, but Morgan, that's your question of who would you rather see? Because I really believe, man. I'm I, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold that question. No, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm gonna hold um, on to a little bit longer. I, does DeAndre Ayton need to need to come up, need to need to break out in this game now that CP's missing? How the floor general's gone? Like I, so we're gonna make DeAndre DeAndre Ayton finally like no, it's too late for that. Like no, it's too late for that. Look, like, he's how can you, you? No, go ahead, Freddie. No, how can you expect this dude to do something when they needed that from him for how long now? Like, it's over. He's going to give you sixteen and twelve or sixteen and ten. That's what he is. Uh, but he's definitely not going to give you big numbers because in this series, he's got the worst matchup. He's going mm-hmm. up against the Joker, like. It's because of him they have to double team. He can't guard Joker one-on-one. They have to double team. So they do need more from him. I agree about that, Key. Can he give that to him? The history of him says no. It's not in his DNA to be that dog. It's not not in his DNA to be the man. Like He talks about being the man, but it's not in his DNA. He he has the mindset of a complimentary player. That's what he is in his head. So... I don't think he's going to turn around and give you a 25-28 point game. Yep. In the beginning of the season, it looked like he didn't want to be there. Because remember, he had Phoenix and then him going to Indiana. But then Phoenix came back and matched. It just looks like he didn't feel like he wanted he wanted to be, he wants to be in Phoenix. Like, you can tell he just wants to be somewhere else. I agree. I don't know. So, I know. Can, you're right. He didn't want to be there. And guess what? They didn't want him there. But they didn't. They didn't want him to get. They didn't want Indiana to get him for nothing. You know what I mean? They couldn't negotiate a sign and trade, so they had to go ahead and match that offer. But they didn't want him. Him and Monty Williams, they don't get along at all. Uh, but it's hard to find value or equal value, I guess, for a player like Aiton because what do you expect to get back from somebody like that? Who he has solid numbers, but I think most people would agree he's an underachiever. Hey. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you, if I was a GM for the Suns, this is what I would do. 
I'll see whatever draft picks you have. I'm trading DeAndre Aiden. I'm trading Chris Paul. I'm calling Indiana. I'm on Miles Turner. I want Halliburton. And then I'll be taking a step by getting Buddy Hill. Well, if you got Halliburton and Miles Turner. I mean, I just feel like they had that opportunity to. At one point, yeah, they did. Like, they need that trade more than anything right now. Just saying. You get younger. You still get a, a great, a good big that can be dominant at times. Um, you know, you get shooting. And Turner can shoot the three as well. Yeah. After this series, what do you think the Suns are going to do? They're going to try to blow it up. Chris Paul retires. What's what's going to happen? Chris Paul not going to retire. He's stubborn. They're going to trade Chris Paul. Um, they're going to play us. I believe I wouldn't be surprised if it's a signing trade to Dallas to bring in Kyrie. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm trying to tell you, I really believe Luke Kyrie will be a Phoenix Suns. I just feel that for some reason. I think Freddie called it earlier. This this team was put together not to win this year, but for next year. So I think this coming offseason, what they're going to do is they're going to reload and they're going to replenish that bench. They have no bench. So they're going to go out in free agency. I think they're going to um, build the back of that roster up. And I don't know if they're going to make a big move, but I think they're definitely going to be a much deeper team. If they're going to keep – I got to assume Durant and, and Booker aren't going anywhere. So the only guys uh, in question is Chris Paul. And like Freddie said, he's not going to retire. So the only way that, that he moves on is he, get, he gets traded, which isn't impossible. I, I would just be interested in what they get back for him. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. And uh, moving on, Dylan Brooks. Memphis said, absolutely not. We are not bringing this man back. Who picks up Dylan Brooks, and why do you think he is so hated? Like, I'm gonna tell you this, Key. This, you know, the Grizzlies—that's a—that's a trash organization. It really is. Um, to to do stuff like that, like that's very trashy. No class at all. Like, why why are you reporting this? Like, this should be something. At your exit interviews, your exit meetings, you say, hey, Dylan, we're going in a different direction. We appreciate everything you've done for us. But why are we hearing about this in May? Right. Like, just don't bring the dude back. I mean, this dude, yes, he had he had a bad year this year. But he, had, other than that, he had other good years, too, where he actually knocked down the ball. He played good defense. So it's not like, you know, he, he's not capable. He just, you know, he just ran into bad luck this year. But I just think this is a very classy. Um, another example of why their their organization needs to go through the things they go through. I mean, even I, I I'm not gonna lie, it turns me off when they win a game and they you hear all the fans say, Whoop that trick. That 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 rubs me the wrong way. Like you wonder why your players are cocky, because y'all have a cocky organization and they'll never win anything. Um, where I can see Dylan Brooks go. Um, I think a team like Atlanta needs him, a guy that plays defense, brings toughness to a team, somebody that's lacking defense. Um, I believe he'll be a good fit there. Um, I can even see Milwaukee. You know, Milwaukee, I believe their, their, their roster will be totally different next year. 
Um, I can see him, you know, coming in there and bringing that toughness. Because we've seen guys with toughness um, be able to um, play with Giannis. I believe, you know, I believe he will be better at knocking down the three. I believe he have a whole offseason to work on that. He needs to improve on that. Uh, but teams like that, I can see him going to. I don't think there's that big a market for him. Um, he's a he's a solid player. He's a good defender, but he's not an elite defender. He's a good defender. And he's a 3 and D guy, but you can't – there's not a, a big market for 3 and D guys who can't shoot. He, he's not a good shooter. Um, so I, I think he can go to certain teams, but he's not somebody that's going to cost you a lot of money. He's not going to garner a big contract in free agency, especially not coming off the postseason he came off of. But I agree with Freddie. There's a place and a role in the league for him. He needs to get in the lab, find a spot on the floor behind the arc, a la P.J. Tucker from the corner or Bruce Bowen in the pass from the corner. Find you a spot, work that work that shot, and find one spot on the floor where you're comfortable at where you can consistently hit that three-point shot. Um, I think what Memphis did was a really weak kind of PR stunt because, like Freddie said, there's no need to put that out in public. We're absolutely not bringing him back. That's kind of like making him the fall guy when mm-hmm. you, you could literally just not bring him back without making an announcement. Why do you do that? To me, when you do that, you're you're not only making him a fall guy, you're devaluing him. And mm-hmm. that's that's just wrong. I can see Dallas getting in the mix as well. Um, they they needed somebody that's you know, they missed him especially a defensive guy, you know, and he gives them more than what they have now. Dallas uh, would be a good Dallas would be a good fit. You know, so yeah. Dallas, Atlanta. I like Atlanta too. I think both of those would be good fits. Just Lakers, don't look at him and don't go to Lakers. <laughs> oh Lord, he would be I mean, I can see Lakers. I can see Los Angeles having a fit. <laughs> Y'all signed Dylan Brooks. <laughs> Which means he's probably gonna end up on the Clippers. But I will say this we we have seen that story before. That I I could see LeBron pushing to get a guy like that. I mean, I'm just I'm just saying. What to take under his wing? Yeah, yeah. I I can I can I I can see. You know, I mean, it it could be one of those. You remember back in the day when we had Kobe and Kobe used to battle with Ron Artest, you know, and they used to love it because he loved. But the difference between never mind the difference between Ron Artest and Dylan Brooks is that Ron Artest lived up to be the villain. Dylan Brooks is all of a sudden running from that role. Right. And, <laughs> so. All right. I, my thing with Brooks is I, I, I like, you know, his confidence. You know, he can talk that. But when the media comes to him, he's like, oh, I don't want to talk to y'all. No, you you, you hyped this up. You brought all this up. It's time for you to be enough and face the media now. Don't run from it. Well, that's just Memphis total. It's not just him. It's every, like John Morant has that problem. Baines, I mean, they that that's an organizational problem. It really is. Like, I've never seen people be so doggone cocky and hasn't done anything. What have y'all accomplished? Like, who are y'all to be talking this smack to LeBron freaking James, bro? Like, <laughs> who are y'all to talk to the Golden State Warriors like that? Like, what have y'all done? Y'all haven't done anything. All right. No, I, I, I agree with you, though. Um, you know, that's still, that's still a young team. Well, you know, but do you think? Get... Let me ask you this, Keith. When you look at when you look at the Grizzlies, do you think that they're going to be a title contender within the next couple of years? 
don't know. Um, they don't get me wrong. They got some talent. Jared Jackson Jr. When he's healthy, you, you can see he can play all. He can play offense and defense. Um, I do like Bain. Uh, even Titus Jones is a real underrated uh, guard. I like he, him a lot. He was there when um, John Morant was was out with his stuff with the you know his gun charges and everything like that. Um, so you know, themselves he take over. Memphis definitely has some talent. They, they maybe they're not a that, championship team. They, they need maybe that veteran piece to, to get him in line to get him in line and be like, hey, this is not the way we're gonna do things. Demo? I, I said they lack leadership. They do. Yeah. They, they're, they're very immature. Uh, they lack leadership. And I would say this: they're set up in a way where you can say they have talent, but I, I don't know if it's talent that can that can reach that championship ceiling. Morant is spectacular. But I, I'm not sure he can be the best player on a title contender. And I will say this, Mo: if he don't change his ways in the next three to four years, he can be out of the league. Yeah. Yep. He can be, the way he takes the fall, like we've seen it in the first round, him go, jumping over LeBron and the way he's falling, the way he's landing, like, bro, you can't do that, man. Like, you got to. Yeah, he's gonna have a short career. He, he's got. He's got to learn how. You know what? It's, it's funny to say because he's so spectacular. Uh, and he's got such hops, but he's got to learn how to play below the rim. Mm-hmm. You know, look, I, I definitely agree. Um, Memphis, you know, definitely talent, but like y'all said, the leadership isn't there. I know Stephen Adams is usually that's the the veteran guy that's on the team. That was he a big wasn't. Loss. He was, it was a big but loss. You know, uh, and Brandon, Brandon Clark was a big loss. But Mo, I'm, I'm gonna say this: people keep saying, "Oh, the Lakers would." The boys, they no, they would have still won because I'm gonna tell you this: they act like Stephen Adams is a, is a is a is a all team player. He's a role player. Like, come on, y'all. Like, no, like I don't want to hear. It. I don't t- like. I don't want to hear no excuses. AD gave the defensive player of the year that work. I don't want to hear no excuses. Like they lost, immature. You know what? Oh well, they got to grow from it, and. You know, hopefully they will, and we'll see next year. All right, well, see, I didn't really have much more. I know it was just really the NBA, nothing really popping off in the NFL. I know Aaron Rodgers gets one of his buddies now. He gets Randall Cobb with the with the Packers. I mean, with the the Jets. So he's gonna turn that into the New York Packers over there because he already got Aaron Lazard. Uh, now he's now he has Randall Cobb. Um, is Aaron Rodgers going to take things, not say take things serious, but you see what happened with Green Bay. He didn't really practice with none of the receivers. Now you see him all season. He's throwing to the receivers. He's doing this. this. Aaron Rodgers know his window is, is finally closing now. He wants to. Heck no. His window ain't, his window's not closing. He's a bad, bad man. And, and I mean, even, even last year, even considered a bad year for him, is a great year for most. I mean, hey, there's a reason why you've seen him putting up with the Knicks games with different receivers and two different games so far. It's a reason why, because he knows he knows what's up. But I mean, I don't make a big difference. I don't make a big deal of him practicing receivers in the off season. I really don't. I mean, hey, we know what's up. Uh, to me, it's just Aaron Rodgers trying to find a different way to bond with those receivers, trying to get a connection. So, and I don't think that's a bad thing. He, uh, maybe getting to know them better. Um, this is a big year for him too. I don't think his his window's closing, but they didn't bring him there for the Jets to be an eight and eight or, 
or eight and nine team. They they brought him there to compete for that division, and I expect that's exactly what they'll do. Yeah. All right, and uh, we also seen Jordan Love get a one year extension. Does that mean <laughs> Green Bay don't believe in Jordan Love? No, it means that they do believe in him. They say, you know what? You're gonna be our our QB one. We're going to give you this, this this contract, get you get you a little money, and we're going to see if you can lead us this year. I mean, there's a reason why he he was a backup for as long as he was with Aaron Rodgers there. But they just wanted they just want to show him that they, hey that we support you, that we're there for you, and hey, we we ready to have an amazing season. Um, but I want to bring a question up, and I I I, I kind of hesitated to do this. Never mind, I'm still not going to do it. We'll, we'll <laughs> oh my God, Freddie, Freddie, just say it. Come we'll on, wait. Freddie. No, we'll wait. We'll wait because I don't want to jinx nobody. So we'll wait. Who are you jinxing? Key next question. Oh my God. Just say your question. Nope. Now your spot's on. You didn't say it twice already now, Freddie. I know. Come on, man. So who is who's? Let's go over finals predictions. Oh, who's like, going to end up in the finals? Yes. Um, I mean, I'm. You're asking me. I'm biased, so I'm 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 going to say that the path forward. I'm still going to ride with the Lakers. That's just me, though. But who's in the East, though? You know what? I really think the East it's is right. wide open. The East is hard because yeah, the East, I, I think the East is wide open. I think I think, I will say this. I, I will say this. If Philly's going to win a championship in the Joel Embiid era, this is, this is a golden opportunity right now, this season, right now. Mo, I'm gonna tell you, if we play Philadelphia, Philadelphia won't beat. We won't. We they won't beat us. I mean, oh, I don't, you don't have to tell me that. I, I already, I already know that they don't match up well. Like, yeah, look, Embiid, Embiid is gonna, he's gonna get his numbers against AD. But I would say that works both ways. But there's not a matchup in Philadelphia for LeBron James. Um, there just isn't. And I so think if you get, if, I'll say this. Never mind what you've seen so far in the playoffs. If that guy gets back into the finals, he's gonna find new energy. He's gonna find and new I, energy. And I will. I, I'd rather have Philadelphia than Boston. Um, Boston's a tougher cover for us. Yeah, and I, AD, we've seen AD give Joel Embiid the work too. So let's not act like it ain't gonna be both ways, Philly. Yeah, that's fans. what I said. <laughs> you know. But, yeah, I think Boston would be tougher because you've got Tatum, Brown, Brogdon. Um, Derek Smart. White, they've got multiple guys that can take you off the dribble. Horford can step out and shoot the three. Like, there's even though they're not playing well, I still think they're the deepest team in the NBA. Yep. But we got Vanderbilt to throw at James Harden, too, by the way. I like that matchup. I like Vanderbilt on Harden. And I'm going to tell you, Vanderbilt is probably one of the best forwards Defenders on guards. We've seen him guard John Morant. He do a good, did a good job, and now we're about to see him do what he do on Steph Curry. Um, I, I love Jared, Jared Vanderbilt, and I believe this offseason is going to be huge for him. I really do. Uh, the way he's playing, he's going to make himself some money. Uh, and not to mention, look, he's still young enough to where he's going to get better. Like, if he can hit that three consistently – that's just going to add to his value on the team because you already see the impact he has defensively. Mm-hmm. You better be hit. He better be hitting up um, Phil Handy. 
And key, like I said, I, I really do think this is the year for the Sixers to get to the finals. Um, if Embiid is close to being 80% or, or more, this is their year. Like, I think they can beat the Celtics, and I think they can beat whoever wins between the Knicks and the Heat. We just got. I just feel like we can't beat Miami either. <laughs> can't beat. <laughs> really? Can't beat Miami. Can't beat Boston. But no, you're absolutely right, though. Um, it was our season with the whole with to, Toronto as well with that lucky shot with Kawhi. That was our season. That ceiling too. You know, JJ Reddick. I don't think that was our year, though. I think that was that was heartbreak. Yeah. I think um, Kawhi was the best player either way. I still think that game would have went to overtime. Kawhi was gassed. That that game, I, I still think the Sixers were the one, but anyway, but um, we got to get past Boston, and that's that's the kryptonite. The second round is always the kryptonite for the Sixers, and you know we can get another performance out of James Harden. I'm not saying forty five, you know, put up Jake Harden's twenty five, fifteen, some odd assists. Max, he got to get going consistently like he was. Tobias Harris can't go non existent because his his numbers aren't good in the second round. First round matchups, he go off. Second round, he's nowhere to be found. Um, PJ Tucker again, he's he's there to be the be the be the bully, the dominator, get the rebounds, offensive rebounds, um, and things of that nature. He's not there to, to shoot, but when he has to, and he can he can make those three, he can make those shots for you. Um, but you know, some somebody else has to has to step up, and um, you know, Boston does have their flaws. You saw it against Atlanta. They couldn't stop that pick and roll. Now Joel's back in. A pick and roll is going to happen. So they, you know, they had issues with that. And their turnovers, oh my God. They they can they they gotta limit their turnovers if Boston wants to win. But if they turn overs again like they was the first game, Boston could be in trouble. And and don't expect don't be surprised if you don't see James Harden doing the pick and roll. And he's going to be hunting Al Horford. He hunt. They were looking for Al Horford to get in that pick and roll matchup throughout the game. And as soon as they got it, they clear out. And Harden went to work on Al Horford. Like I, I expect Joel back, but I don't think they're going to try to ask too much of him because um, Gene made a great point. He's got to get his sea legs to be ready for Game Three. It's not everything that he does and what he will do going forward. It's not about Game Two. It's about Game Three and Game Four. All right, roll out this last question since Freddie had to go. The NBA playoffs as a whole this year, has it has it been the best playoffs so far that, that you've seen in years? I think it's been really good. I don't know if it's the best. Um, there was this one year, and I can't remember exactly. You might. I remember Boston playing Chicago in the first round. It, it was a bunch of first-round series that went like seven games. It was insane. Um, this year, I think it's been pretty good. It's been intense. And it's been surprising. Think about this: the Lakers, the Lakers, and the and the Warriors are in the second round. You're talking about a six and a seven seed playing. That's crazy in the second round. Um, the Heat and the Knicks are playing. The one is already gone like that. That's crazy. So there's already been some strange things in these playoffs. That's why I said that this is the year where it's wide open uh, for Joel and beating the Sixers to get to the finals. Anybody that's thinking conventional thoughts, I'd get that out of your head. I don't think. Phoenix is going to come back to beat Denver. Denver. The Denver Nuggets have a real chance to be in the NBA Finals. And I don't know about you. I love to see that matchup. Joker and Embiid for seven games? I'll take that. No, this year has definitely been interesting. And, I, again, I wouldn't have, I think it would have been bad for basketball if 
the Kings won against Golden State because the, the Kings can't match up against the Lakers. I would have hated this. I hated to watch that series. The oh, I Kings think we would have swept them. Just don't match up against the Lakers. That that would have been, you know, because who nobody on that team can stop Anthony Davis. Sabonis. Right. They got Sabonis no size. So Sabonis is a finesse player, right? Um AD would have ate him up, and the Lakers really would have only had to concentrate on De'Aaron Fox. So I, I agree. The, the best thing that can happen for the NBA, for us fans, you get the Warriors and the Lakers. I know I know they stole game one, but I think this is a seven-game series. I do, too. I think it's going down, it's going to go down to the wire again um, with the, you know, great matchup, shooters, Steph Curry. Um, who who's gonna go on to trying to get in a fifth ring? Is it gonna be LeBron? Oh, that's Is it gonna big. Be Steph, um, you know, do you throw Steph in if he actually wins his fifth? Do you now put him in there as the greatest of all time? Like you have to put him in that category if that happens. Um, but bas- this is a time of year when, you know, all NBA fans should be excited because regular season, of course, I'll watch in the regular season, but this is where everybody's glued to see who best time has- of year. To see who has the now stepping into the next gear to get that that championship, um, but we're going to end it off here. Um, great NBA talk uh, tomorrow. I'm sure Coach will be back. Uh, you know to talk about some of the things we come up with. I know it's only one game tonight, but you know we'll figure out something to talk about tomorrow. You, you, who you got in this game? You said Philly wins or Boston wins? Um, I think Boston wins, but I think it's a close game. Yeah, it just something about when Joel Dean was right though. Something about when Joel comes back, I just don't want him to play with an emotion. If you play with an emotion, then it, it, it throws everything off. Um, but he just has to. He just has to be the guy. Just play like he knows how to get the shots. Um, you know, I'm sure they might in the double team, but if Boston watched Brooklyn, that didn't work too well. Um, shout out the double team. Other players then stop start knocking down shots. Uh, they may be out without Marcus Smart as well. So that's another um, thing to look well, that's at. He a key. has chest contusion. Um, you know, he was having issues breathing game one. Um, so that. we'll definitely see. That's going to be a hurt piece if uh, no uh, Marcus Smart. But then they could bring uh, maybe Grant Williams or somebody off the bench to put in that, to put in that starter role. But another sports empire, uh, coffee and sports in the books. Mo, Gene, Freddie, appreciate y'all. Thank you. <clears throat> Make sure y'all come on back tomorrow morning for some more uh, good old news. And uh, y'all enjoy the rest of y'all afternoon. Peace.